What about rice cakes? Do you like rice cakes? Only if they're slathered in something. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Right Caramel. there. I like dirt. Caramel. Do you like rice cakes? Only if they're slathered in something. Welcome to a little better. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> okay. Like peanut butter, I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 Oh, peanut peanut do you ever have like anything? the chocolate ones or like the... Chocolate rice cakes? What, are they just covered in chocolate? I'm done Let's just get to this podcast Before we get blown up Bacon, you wrap bacon (laughs) Our goal on this podcast Is to know Jesus better And by the power of his spirit do better So together we can be a little better Well, welcome to A Little Better Podcast. So glad to have you here in the studio. Yes, it has arrived, our brand new series. We are week one of relationships. My relationships are falling apart. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Most of you don't know that we record this and don't change a thing. So if I make a mistake, (laughs) you get it in all its glory. And it's quite warm here in the studio. But uh, anyway, I hope it's uh, not overly warm where you are. But... uh, I guess we got to get to business. Here we go. Drew, thanks for serving it up. How about giving it back to us in 60 seconds? Sure. We talked about relationships and why they're falling apart. Question probably we all ask. And we basically talked about the solution that uh, maybe the reason why our relationships are falling apart is because we don't have the right ones. And so we all need, God says it's not good to be alone. So we're made to be in relationship. But how do we get those relationships in our life? And the way Northridge provides those is through our community groups. And so really it was a challenge to live life in community and how living in community, having a safe place to go beyond the surface just really is a, 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 a tool to help every relationship you're in. And so we challenged our church to either be in community, um, get back into community, engage in community, or start providing that for someone else. Awesome. Great job. Well, listen, if you're listening to us, you might not see who's in the studio, but we have the same personnel we had last week. We're joined by Jason DeGraff as well. And you guys are on opposite sides of the couch because last week Jason preached and Drew added a little color commentary to it. (laughs) But uh, this week we've got Jason, who's a a very appropriate guest because Jason, you are our spiritual formation pastor. Is that Mm -hmm. right? I always have, I got to keep up with people's titles. I'm always behind. What's your title? That's the right one. That's the right one. I used to be groups pastor, and I still oversee groups. Okay, right. So groups is definitely in your wheelhouse, has been for a long time. You and I have worked together in groups for years and years, Mm -hmm. so love having you here and just the experience and and perspective uh, that you bring. But uh, so Jason finished off the series, drew your Back in the saddle, feel good to be back up there preaching. You you entered with quite a bit of energy. Well, I've been at the Webster campus, so... I forgot all about three services. So, um, yeah, it's a lot more. It's exhausting, isn't yeah, it? So, oh, boy. But I'm glad to be back. We do it a whole lot less often, but three services is a lot for us, too. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a marathon. Well, um, I it was kind of interesting when we were in pre-preach and just talking about the message. I, I do want to get to the content of it, but I was just kind of curious. Can you tell us a little bit? Cause I think people like to see behind the scenes and sure. how our teaching ministry is done. What were the challenges you faced in even preparing this message? Yeah, I think one of the biggest debates, and if you don't know this, these two guys are on the writing team. We call it sermon writing team. Um, add Nate Miller into the mix and you've got the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest debates we had is should this be a part of the series or should we just do a community groups t- 
talk. And, you know, for many of our listeners probably know we, we love community groups and we don't shy away from preaching it. And so it's really important for us to talk about it. Um, and so I would say the hardest thing was trying to connect this talk to the series mm-hmm. and then in the midst of teaching it, like having just those transitional statements that make you know, from point A to point B flow well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why we do a pre-preach, right? So we, we, I share my messages, teacher shares the message with a group of guys to make it better for people to hear it mm-hmm. and to soften those edges. So I would say all that combined made this a unique talk yeah. um, that I hope really set a tone for where we're going to go in the series. Yeah, I think we, so we could have gone either way with including it, not including it with the series. I think including it with the series, you know, for me is this is a great toolbox, a great mm-hmm. foundation. This is, you know, it's a team sport. You know, if you're going to solve the problem of relationships, you know, having people in your corner, you know, godly counsel, mm-hmm. godly fellowship, you know, that kind of interaction, it's just going to make the relationships that are challenging us. We're just going to, I think, just be better prepared yeah. for it. Well, and I think like if you look at the stats I shared Right. There, there obviously is a problem with people are in relationship mm-hmm. and yet still feel isolated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and, and I think even at pre-preach, uh, someone mentioned like there is a, another pandemic out there, a pandemic of isolation, even mm-hmm. from COVID. Right. It created this isolation that so many people feel, this loneliness that so mm-hmm. many people feel. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge part of why relationships aren't working it's not because we don't have relationships in our life. I do think we don't have personal relationships mm-hmm. in our life where we can talk to people about real stuff. Mm-hmm. Most of our relationships are just surface. It's, you know, we're talking about the game. We're talking about just everyday stuff, but not real stuff. Yeah. yeah. Jason, thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking of, I read or listened to a book, um, I think about a year ago, called The Loneliness Epidemic. I don't mm-hmm. think it was pandemic, but mm-hmm. it was just talking about the, the reasons why we have loneliness. And like you said, it's not just because we don't have relationships. I mean, that can be a cause, um, but a lot of it is we don't have the right relationships where we, we can real uh, be real, be open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you pointed out even in the sermon, Genesis 2.18, um, that God created us uh, for relationship with other people. And often that'll be like a marriage you know, verse that you, you said, yeah, we shouldn't be alone, so we should get married. And that is a piece of maybe addressing our loneliness, but marriage doesn't solve the loneliness problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all in need of relationships, and no one relationship can can solve that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a good book to read, that's a great, great one to read, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think a couple of statements you made that grabbed me were, one, as Jason said, I always heard Genesis as a 218 in the context of marriage. Right? Wedding, usually. Ma- ma- right? You hear it every wedding, you know, then First Corinthians 13, and uh, just to apply it to marriage. But you are absolutely, that, that was uh, uh, a mind-expanding experience for me, just to think about how that verse is fulfilled. You know, there would be plenty of people who are hopeless 
you know, if that if that was the the only application, because like you said, not not all of us, you know, are you know married. Paul wasn't married. There's plenty of people mm-hmm. who aren't married for for good or um, frustrating reasons. But yes, you know, it's there's a community you know aspect there. And the other thing was the when you made that statement where our our, our tightest relationship was with our cell phone, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I think is the new part of the mix mm-hmm. that's you know exacerbating these problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, technology is a great thing, mm-hmm. right? But we're abusing it, and mm-hmm. it's replaced relationships, right? I think some of that happened during the pandemic where people just were forced to isolation, and so they just use their technology. And there's a, there's a limit to your relationships through a screen, through a, a phone, right? And so many of us just stare at our phones. I'm guilty of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of just like I'm missing out on connection, because I'm staring at a screen, right? you know? And I think that's a huge piece of the problem in our relationships. My wife and I, we get on each other's case all the time. We'll, we'll get in bed, lay in bed and look at our phones, mm-hmm. right? And like, there's no connection there, right? And so I think that happens a lot from parenting to friendships. I mean, you go to any public place, you go to eat dinner. I, I love doing this. I'll go out, uh, my wife and I will go on a date and I'll literally look around and be like, Look at all the people eating dinner together, and mm-hmm. most of them, majority of them, are mm-hmm. looking at their phone. I once saw a fascinating photo series where the artist had taken a bunch of photographs and then edited, photoshopped the phones out of them. Mm. So you just see these people in <laughs> proximity to each other, whether they're mm-hmm. at work, around the table, picnics or whatever, and you can just see them looking at their empty hands. It was really, yeah. you know, really powerful. Yeah, I remember during COVID, the, the, a lot of the conversation was like, we're more connected than we've ever been, but we're more like lonely than we've ever been because mm-hmm. it's just through a digital device and not through a face-to-face relationship. It, yeah, it's an empty calorie connection, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, we think it's a connection, but it's really not the same of being present. Now, I'm the online campus pastor, so then there's the whole question about digital ministry and what we're doing. And I... I'm glad that we connect with people. You know, we're connecting with people right now digitally, you know, through a podcast. You yep. know, we, we stream services on Sunday morning. And, uh, and it's, it makes a connection where some aren't possible, right? Yeah. There's geography, there's circumstances. But even as the online campus pastor, I'm, I want people to have in-person you know, yeah. you know, connections. So we do have a number of people who watch on Sunday morning, but they'll get to an in-person group. And we have an online group. And if online is the only way you're going to have group, that's better than no group. Yep. But, but it's a challenge. Well, I think it's important to say, right, God wants you to live in community. Mm-hmm. And the church isn't the only provider of community, right? right. Small groups are not the only pride pr- provider of community, mm-hmm. right? The goal is for us to live in relationship, right? It's not good for us to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I think a majority of people need to be in group that are a part of a church, right? Because... There's twofold. There, I know there's some people who are like, you know what? I've got community outside of church. So like, I don't need this. And you know what? That could be very accurate. And mm-hmm. I'm very glad you do. But if you're part of a church, you're part of a family. Mm-hmm. And here's what I know. And here's my challenge to you is, yes, you already have you know, community. But there are people inside your family who need you to provide that community for them. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we talked a little bit about of mm-hmm. this missional focus that I think our groups have lacked over time is it's easy. I'm guilty of this. I go to group and all I think about is what I can get. 
how sometimes I don't want to be there. You know, all it's all about me. And I think we get need to get back to the reality that groups, yes, can be for you for a season, but at some point they also need to be about others. Right. Yeah, I think it would be interesting because we've been here for years. Mm-hmm. Lots of groups sermons, you know, have been preached. Yep. It'd be I really I this feels like a very new and important emphasis mm-hmm. that I, I, it's very common for us to sell groups, you know, with the benefits, yeah. you know, for people. Almost oversell. Yeah, yeah, almost oversell. So I want to talk about that too in terms of when groups don't work, mm-hmm. you know, for people. But yes, that emphasis on, on the benefits, but it really, missional, we've been talking about it all year with Mount Mover and Brighton Campus, but I, but to see that in the context of relationships, like, you know, we're lonely, let me not be lonely, mm-hmm. but really God's purpose is for you, you know, maybe you're going to help other yeah. people not be lonely, fulfill it, the mission. I'm sorry. One thought I was just having, um, so our series is My Relationships Are Falling Apart. When you think about an unhealthy, like, family environment, it could be where one person in the family uses the family to meet all their needs, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're like, dude, I'm good. You know, my wife supports me. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes care of the kids or the house. Or mm-hmm. my kids fill up my bucket, and they never pour into, you know, they're only thinking about what they can receive from right. their family, and their family is struggling because they're not actually caring for them they're only looking at themselves in fact you might be thinking of your spouse or someone like yeah they're only thinking about themselves not me um but we can do the same thing in the church family we're like um i got the relationships i need i'm good um instead of thinking like here's people who i need to be helping provide community for caring for helping disciple and so it's not just community for myself, um, I need to be giving back. I think one nuance in that too is that is still benefiting you. Mm-hmm. I, I would suggest one of the greatest benefits to group, to you, is you serving others. You get to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I actually, like, you know, when we go to group and we're like, this is about me and I got to solve my loneliness problem, a lot of times that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But when we put the focus off of ourselves and onto somebody else, I believe oftentimes that's the greatest benefit, not only to the person you're giving community to, but to you. Mm-hmm. Because you see a bigger picture, right? And I think that's one thing we need to see in our relationships and in the way we do groups is there's a bigger purpose here besides you know us gathering together. It's fulfilling our mission. It's saturating Rochester with the gospel, right? That's that missional focus is like, hey, what, what are 12 people gathering together going to do? Well, 12 people gathering together change the world, right? Mm-hmm. Just ask Jesus and his disciples. And God can use you and your group doing relationships the right way, praying for each other, encouraging another. And that, if it's done right, will spread. will have a missional outcome that I think we often don't see because we make it so much about what am I getting out of this? Right. One of the things I've seen over the years is community groups that might get to the stage where like, they would say, this is my dream community group. Like everyone is like spiritually (laughs) mature. Their lives are pretty stable. And you're like, I just love this group. And yet then I'll find leaders in those groups. They're like, I'm just not growing, you know? And like, I feel like what's, what's missing I think a lot of that missing piece is like when we're only like looking for like this dream environment where we could just get along, everyone's lives are stable and they're all like super godly people, is that when we're not investing in other people, like we, mm. we don't grow, we stagnate, you know, and we grow when we are thinking about the people 
outside of ourselves. Well, and not even just the other people that are in your group, but like uh, one thing I love that Michelle has offered to our groups through our Beyond Ministry is being able to serve as a group in our community. Groups on mission. You know, again, groups on mission where you get outside of yourself and not just yourself, but your group and you see the world and Mm -hmm. the needs it has and you interact with lost people and it just, it should fire you up. Like this is why we're here, right? Mm -hmm. This is more and better. Me growing better means I'm going to have a passion and a desire to reach our community. Yeah, we've got a lot of group leaders listening to this. That Definitely follow up with your coaches if that's of interest to you. I think that's... A great opportunity. Yeah, they piloted that last year mm-hmm. that your group could choose. Hey, every other week we're going to do a service project um, during our our serving during our normal meeting time or something like that. So, yeah. well, Sunday morning was an emphasis on groups. It continued all day because Jason, you challenged us at regroup on Sunday night, and I remember one of those challenges about groups was it will grow your faith, mm-hmm. and that's that's what just like is that. And I know that's only going to happen when I make sacrifices. Yeah. It's only going to happen mm-hmm. you know, when I stress or get into those situations. Karen and I have thought about over 30 years you know, of being in groups. Um, and I, I look back on it. It's interesting how, what yardstick I use. I'm like, oh, that was a great group. You know, it was not so but it's interesting. You know, it, it was those comfy times, you know, sure. I, you know go, go up high. But then I think about the times I thought were really hard, but then I think about the impact they had on other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a group of messy people, you know, but they're still connected to Northridge. I see, I see where they've grown. I see where they're now, you know, in, you know, you know, now serving, but it's interesting what yardstick I've applied to what's a good group mm-hmm. in the past. You may have already answered this partially, but you know, I loved when you said try a group and you said try a group again. <laughs> Uh, because they don't always work. And, and maybe in the past we have oversold, you know, groups, you know, and just said, you know, this is, and you talked about those levels, right? It was all the way from public to social to personal to intimate. Well done. And we, we, we may have sold the intimate or sure. people may have assumed they would get the intimate, yep. but that's not really where groups go. So it might be missed expectations. It might be, but what would you say to people who say, I'm still lonely or groups don't work? Um, any, any other thoughts on that? I know you were starting to answer that with us getting out mm-hmm. of our own heads. Yeah. I mean, listen, I understand that people have bad experiences as groups mm-hmm. and that can be, that could be our fault, right? That could mm-hmm. be many different reasons, right? But in anything in life, right, you don't give up when it doesn't work out, right? Like if you go to your doctor and your doctor stinks, you don't st- say, I'm never going to a doctor again, right? right? Hoping not. Y- you know, that's <laughs> not a good choice, right? And if it didn't work out, one, I, let me just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that maybe we dropped the ball or it, it didn't work out. And I also want people to feel the freedom who've never been to a group or tried a group, like, hey, it's okay if the first or the second don't work, mm-hmm. right? But there is, I believe, one that can and will work. And so I think people are like, well, uh, if I go to somebody's house and I go there, like I'm stuck there forever. No, mm-hmm. right? I want you to feel permission to visit a group. And if it's not for you, say, okay, let's find one that is for me and have proper expectations, right? You're going to start, if you're new to group, at a really public and social place, right? It's going to be awkward for a little bit, right? You're not going to know anybody. You're going to have to put yourself out there. And you probably don't want to tell people your struggles yet. 
that's natural. Mm -hmm. But as you go, as you build relationships, the goal is not for you to jump to intimate and meet your best friend forever. It's to build a personal relationship, right? Where you know people, they know you, and you care and love and help push each other towards uh, becoming better disciples. And thinking about those hours in that study you cited, like what should our expectations be? Because if it takes 50 hours to move from a social relationship to a personal relationship, our no, groups no, no. meet 50 about... 50 hours to go from groups, public yeah. to social. Yeah, so, uh, or to personal. From, no, oh, no. Okay. So 50 hours okay. to go from public to social, to the, and then yeah. 40 more to okay. go to real So friends. if your group meets for two hours a week, 26 times a year, if you meet every one of those meetings, you might shift to one of those <laughs> categories. <laughs> you know, one of the best things that I always say, like the best sign of a healthy group is when groups get together, when you get together with the people outside of your group yeah. meeting. And mm-hmm. so it, it takes time to develop those relationships. So you, you're not just going to expect right away you're going to go from zero to like deep. Now, sometimes that happens. Like the, you people like find a spouse, you know, that's an intimate relationship. They find um, a best friend, you know, that they walk with the, for the rest of their life. And that can happen. Sometimes uh, those relationships can be accelerated by us being honest and vulnerable and saying mm-hmm. like, yeah. hey, I'm just going to go right away and say this is what I'm struggling with, this is my past, this is my hurts. And as we do that, um, God can use that and people are like, yeah, me too. I'm and in your group, you're going to have all different types of relationships, right? Yep. So like even in our group, right, I have connected with certain guys different than other guys, right? Mm-hmm. And so even inside your group, you're going to have some more social relationships and then you're going to have some personal. I'm not saying everyone in your group needs to be a personal relationship, mm-hmm. but you need to have somebody in your group, mm-hmm. in your life, that you can go be beyond just surface mm-hmm. level stuff. Yeah, I love that idea of time outside a group because even you know some people say, "Well, we're just having fun," but that's it's that's contributing. Beautiful. That's the yes. hours that you know grow and build that relationship. And also some of these subgroups, like you're saying, like you're not going to have the same relationship with everyone in your group, but maybe there are someone you. I mean, people might be with. thinking like, dude. A group like I don't have time for this. Like my life is chaotic right now, and so now you're telling me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does take a commitment, and then even thinking of like, okay, do I got to go even deeper. Like I got to spend time with people outside of my group, in my group. Like where do I have time for that? And I, I we heard this from Andy Stanley years ago. The statement like, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to be able to have like super close relationships with everyone in your group. But just say hey, like I'm just going to focus on one relationship. Where we can text, we can grab coffee, we can yeah. go out to eat, we can have them over for dinner. But when you do that, I think God can accelerate those relationships and that can truly be a helpful friendship for both you and for them. Yeah. Well, I've loved this discussion. I hope that's for some of us. For me, it already has been. For others, maybe it's just think um, a shift in perspective and just thinking about groups a little differently. And I love the emphasis on mission. And that is what we are praying. Mm. We have yet to see, we keep been talking all year about saturating Rochester with the gospel. And it'll be amazing to see what role groups play Mm. in that. But I love that emphasis, love your talk, Mm -hmm. love the wisdom represented on the couch over there. Great to have you guys looking forward to the rest of the series. Um, Please come back next week as we continue with My Relationships Are Falling Apart.